Well, once again, thank you so much to all of those who participated in, in putting together this service for this morning, for uh, Jim Ritterbush, who was our liturgist today, uh, for Melody, who uh, offers our children's time, for um, Gary Brubaker, and for our praise team who helped to put our music together. Um, thank y'all so much. And for all of you who have shared pictures to you of love um, uh, as, we, uh, as we have included those in the service as well. Um, thanks also for the last few weeks, we've had guest preachers who have offered some messages um, of hope, of connection, of different ways of hearing and seeing the gospel. Um, and so thank you to all of those who have been able to be uh, present with us in worship. And I'm glad to be preaching with you today and also for our Lenten series coming up. Now, our Lenten series is coming up because next week Lent begins. Ash Wednesday is February 17th, and then we begin the, um, the 40 day journey of Lent. And so our series for Lent is Learning to Walk in the Dark Wilderness Stories. Um, we're going to look at stories throughout scripture of wilderness at Hagar, at Jacob, at Moses, and of course Jesus to see what we take with us into and out of the wilderness. We'll talk about what that means, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but that's coming up. Now, um, I'm also looking for some things um, to help with our wilderness series. So if you have pictures or even videos of things that you would consider wilderness or things that you consider hopeful, now that is up to your interpretation, wilderness or hopeful. Um, if you would send those to me or you can post them to the Facebook page, um, you can contact the church office or um, we will find a way to get those pictures from you. But it'll help to put our service together um, and to offer some, uh, some, some additional pieces in the worship. So again, any pictures or videos that you have of wilderness, of nature, um, of, of hope, um, if you would send those, that would be wonderful. Okay, now that's getting ahead because we are not yet there. We're going to talk about love today. So would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Happy Valentine's Day. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about Valentine's Day and St. Valentine. Um, because uh, Saint, the feast of St. Valentine's Day has, you know, just a little bit of a different flavor than what Valentine's Day has become. Um, which happens a lot, um, especially with some of these more commercialized holidays, um, that there are actually some foundations of Valentine's Day that are found within the church because of St. Valentine. Now, probably when you think of St. Valentine, or at least when I think of St. Valentine most of the time, I think of like Cupid or like that cute little chubby angel baby shooting arrows and being like, love, 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 everybody's in love. That's what I think of with St. Valentine. Turns out that's not who St. Valentine is. Um, so let's, let's not think about that for a second because the story is actually a little bit, um, well, it's not as cutesy. Let's say that. 
Um, so Saint Valentine. Now for some, it's a little bit unclear who this person was, because if you look through um, some of the, the Roman Catholic, which is where we understand most of our ideas of saints from and where this holiday originates a little bit, um, there are several Valentines over the course of history that have been martyred. Uh, but there's only one that was martyred on February 14th. Um, and um, that's where we get the Feast of St. Valentine's Day. So the most likely story about St. Valentine for St. Valentine's Day is that um, Valentine was a priest in the, in the Roman Catholic Church, and he was a priest and under arrest for evangelism, which was, um, I mean, that was a pretty high crime, um, or it was, it was a crime for, for Christians um, to share their faith, partly because it was a political statement um, and partly because of the way the world was at that point. Um, and so uh, Valentine was in jail uh, for evangelizing, for sharing his faith, and um, and the judge who was like presiding over everything, um, the judge uh, kept hearing about Jesus from Valentine. So even in like his um, his uh, imprisonment, he wouldn't stop evangelizing. So um, he kept telling the judge about Jesus, and the judge brought his blind daughter to Valentine and said, "All right, fine." This Jesus is real, heal my daughter. And tell you what, you heal my daughter, I'll do anything you ask for. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. Um, so Valentine uh, prayed and laid hands on the girl. And guess what? She was healed. And so she could see. And so the judge was like, whoa, what do I do? You know, that's exactly word for word. We have that testimony. Um, anyway, um, so the judge said, now what? Um, and so Valentine told the judge, fast for three days and then be baptized. And so the judge did. And not only was he baptized, but he baptized his whole household um, and a lot of the community around him and also freed all Christian prisoners. So there was a big influence that Valentine had. Um, and then afterwards, after this experience, this miraculous healing and, and this miraculous evangelism, um, Valentine kept going on his way and continued to evangelize, which always got him in trouble until ultimately he appeared before Emperor Claudius. Now, Emperor Claudius, he kind of liked Valentine. Like he liked him as a human being, as an individual, except he didn't like that he kept talking about Jesus. <laughs> so like, hey, Valentine, I like you. Stop talking about Jesus. Um, and Valentine was like, I like you too. That's why I talk about Jesus. Um, so um, Claudius sentenced him to death um, and Valentine was murdered in 269. But before uh, Valentine was killed, he is alleged or believed to have sent a letter to the young woman that he healed. And when he sent it, he signed it, your Valentine. So the feast of St. Valentine began um, around 496 in the Roman Catholic Church.
that's the origins. I mean, that's not like the super warm and fuzzy, like, here is some candy. Um, here are some flowers. Let us celebrate this martyred Christian. I mean, that's sort of not why we do it right now. Um, and so things clearly have sort of shifted and changed. Um, it became associated with romantic love much later. Um, it was actually the 14th century that it started to become associated with romantic love um, through some of the poems of Chaucer. And it wasn't until the 19th century um, with the fancy creation of more cards. Now, the average spending for Valentine's Day has increased every year in the United States. Um, in the United States, um, in 2010, uh, it was uh, the average person spent $108 on Valentine's Day. And in 2013, that increased to $131 per person. That's a lot of chocolate. Um, and so it's clearly things have shifted and changed in how the Feast of St. Valentine's Day started into what it's become. And most of the time, it's, it's largely considered to be one of those hallmark holidays because of the commercialization of it, which is true. Um, and it had origins that were, that were just much different. So today is a day that's associated with love. And because of that connection to romantic love, that can make today a hard day. Those who don't have a significant other or a partner to spend the day with are reminded over and over, and even this morning. And that can be difficult. Or maybe those who have lost their significant other or their partner and are widows or widowers, it can make things difficult. This day can be incredibly difficult and easy to ignore or to feel depressed and lonely. And that's the last thing that St. Valentine would have desired. What is love? Now in the Bible, in the Greek language, um, there are four different words for love. Now we have basically one one word for love, and that covers a lot of things and a lot of feelings. Um, and sometimes that context is a little different. Like you love pizza a little bit differently than you love your mom. Um, or you love cold weather maybe a little differently than you love your church. Um, so love kind of is different um, when we talk about it. But if you were just reading it, it sounds it can be confusing. And so in the Greek language, there's different words for what kind of love that is. Um, so there's the first kind, which is eros. And that's that passionate love. That's that romantic love. That's like, I love you. That's eros. And then there's philios, which is kind of a friendship or that sibling, brotherly, sisterly kind of love. I mean, Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love, Philios. Um, so that's sort of like, I like you. We're besties. Um, different kind of love. Um, there's storge, which is very, very rarely ever used. And it's sort of a familial kind of love, the love of family. 
And then there is agape. And agape is this all-encompassing, true love. It's selfless. This kind of love is the love that Jesus talked about most often. And it's the love that is talked about in terms of our Christian understanding of love. This all-encompassing, true love. I'd lay my life down for you. I would do anything for you without an expectation of anything return. I love you. And so in 1 Corinthians, this is the love that Paul is talking about, this true love, this true love, this agape love that is patient and kind. It's not boastful or arrogant or rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable. It doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing. It rejoices in the truth. This is agape. Have you loved your neighbors in this way? All of your neighbors? And Paul says you can follow all of the rules right and you can do all of the things you're supposed to do, but if you're doing them out of obligation and not out of love, it really doesn't mean a whole lot. In fact, you sound like a clanging cymbal. What is love? I mean, think about a time that you have been loved deeply and fully. Maybe it was a significant other, a partner or a spouse. Maybe it was a really good friend. Maybe it was a parent. Or maybe it was even a stranger. Can you think of a time that you were loved deeply and fully? How did it feel? How did you feel? What did you do to earn it? What did you do to respond? I can think of myself many times, the ways that I've been loved that way. I mean, so just this week, I had, well, a few moments. But I had a moment, and I was making breakfast, and I, I messed up. And like, I was making scrambled eggs and they fell out of the pan and all over the stove. Like it was a whole runny, gross mess. And I stood there and I cried. And Stephen was working, Stephen's my husband. And um, he came in, looked, took one look at the mess and said, we'll fix this. And so cleaned everything up and then made me breakfast. That's love. When I had kidney stones, which has been several times, but one time when I had kidney stones, um, I needed to go to the hospital. And my dad um, was just about ready to leave for work, but he said, I'll be there. And he drove out of his way to come and pick me up and take me to the hospital. That's love. When I have felt lost and confused about life, I have a friend, I have several friends, who I can call and, and literally just will listen to me cry. That's love. I know I have been loved deeply and fully. 
Now you can argue in all of those relationships that there is a relationship. Like maybe that they were thinking of reciprocation, like they will do this because you will do that. And, and maybe that's true. But this isn't a love that you can easily just reciprocate. I didn't earn many, much of this. I mean, can you earn someone's love? Or do you believe that you receive love as the gift that it's given? Do you believe you're worthy enough to receive love from someone else, from God, from yourself? Shauna Nyquist, who is an author and a speaker, um, she said, I used to believe in the deepest way that there was something irreparably wrong with me, and love was a lie. And now I'm beginning to see that love is the truth, and the darkness is a lie. As we're in this season of Valentine's Day and romantic love, it can be your least favorite time. It's not happy or sappy, but it's painful. And the messages of love are pretty and they sell a lot of stuff, a lot of chocolate. I think I've got chocolate on the brain. But is that real? Is it true? Is it deep love? And sometimes yes. And love isn't always pretty. Sometimes love is staying up late to help a child finish up a science project. Sometimes love is rubbing the back of someone who is throwing up. Sometimes love is listening to someone cry on the phone. Sometimes love is having to apologize for harm. Sometimes love isn't pretty but it's deep and it's full and it undergirds everything. Who are the ones who love you exactly as you are? Who are the ones that you love? Love in a time of COVID. It's, um, it's been a hard time to love and to show love. And partly that's because of the need to be separate from one another, to social distance, to not touch each other or be around each other. And that has been incredibly difficult for so many people. And, and I know I've been disheartened um, to see or hear how people have, have talked about one another. I saw on one social media post that someone I know wished death upon everyone who disagreed with them. And I thought, wow, that's pretty not respecting of life, is it? That's not very loving. Or, or when, I saw, when I saw someone mocking another person for wearing their mask or for asking them to, to stay distant, I mean, that's not love. And it's been easy to just focus on those places where there's not been love. 
and, and they're there. And also there have been some expressions of love in creative and surprising ways. Sending meals to healthcare workers, checking in on friends and family and neighbors, sharing food and financial donations with our food pantries in town. It's complicated for sure. And I know it's already Valentine's Day, but love isn't limited to a day. So show love to someone else. Now here are some ideas of ways that you can show this selfless love, and I'm sure you have others as well. But maybe you can bake some cookies or bake something and give them to your neighbors. Now, it might be easy to think about those neighbors that you see all the time, but, but what about those neighbors that you don't? Maybe you don't know their names or you don't know who they are. Can you bake something and show them love in that way? Donna Saxby dropped off some hot cocoa bombs this week, which were lovely and delicious and such a sweet gift. Show love by, by making something. Or maybe you can pick up some Valentine's Day cards and, and mail them to people. It's always nice to receive something in the mail that's not a, that's not a bill, right? Maybe those, um, those Valentine's Day cards that maybe you got or helped your kids write while they were kids. You know, those, those, those cheesy ones. But do you remember how you felt when you got them or when you wrote them? Maybe you can go through the church directory and send them there or just mail them to people. Call someone who's meant a lot to you and tell them that. Tell them that you love them. Wash the dishes or clean your bedroom without being asked. Do something without being asked. Showing love doesn't have to be perfect. We are perfected in God's love. I mean, when your kids made you breakfast in bed, was it a gourmet meal? Did it still mean more to you than anything else? Show love. <clears throat> There's a movie called The Greatest Showman. And um, it's a movie about P.T. Barnum, and it stars Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron and Zendaya and Kayla Settle. Um, the movie is a piece of fiction, um, but it tells the story of the, the start of the Barnum and Bailey Circus. It started as a freak show, and, um, and people were invited to... Uh, from society, from who society rejected to be a part of the show, the bearded lady, the fat man, the tattooed man, little people, you know, et cetera, things, people who were considered not to be a part or rejected from society. Um, and P.T. Barnum seemed to embrace them, but yet still kept them at a distance. And at a high society function, P.T. Barnum literally slammed the door in the face of those who were part of his show. And in the movie, in the response, um, the bearded woman leads the performers in the anthem, This Is Me. And part of the lyrics of that song, I think, speak to, to what love is. First, I am brave. I am bruised. I am who I'm meant to be. This is me. Look out, because here I come. And I'm marching 
on to the beat I drum. I'm not scared to be seen. I make no apologies. This is me. I mean, aren't we all a mix of our pain and our bravery? And here we are. You can love yourself. The song continues, and I know that I deserve your love because there's nothing I'm not worthy of. Part of who, what helps us to know that we're worthy of love is being loved deeply and fully. And this group of performers found it within themselves and with one, in one another, which gave them the strength to embrace their worthiness. God loves you just as you are, brave and bruised, marching to the beat of your drum. God loves you deeply and fully, agape. Can you live in love so much that even when the pain is around you, you can see love? It doesn't mean that the world is perfect or Pollyanna. You can see the brokenness of the world and even your own brokenness and still see it worthy of being loved. You're not trying to make something anything that it's not. And yet you can see the beauty within, bruised and brave flawed and beautiful, fragile and strong. Frederick Buechner, one of my favorite quotes that I probably said over and over, Frederick Buechner, who's a theologian, said, here is the world, beautiful and terrible things will happen. Don't be afraid. You can spend your life trying to make things perfect and how to show love perfectly. And you'll never be satisfied. You can love yourself, life, and the world. And see the beauty that others might ignore. So spend your energy there, pointing to that beauty, because it's all around you. Even in the tragedy, even in the hardships, even when it seems the bleakest, there is always a light. There is always hope and there is always love. Point to it. Show it. Be it. Live it. Amen.